0: Hello, beautiful souls who are on their healing journey. Welcome to the season two of Her Story Podcast, where you will experience a soul-level transformation. This is a place for the gathering of light workers, healers, mystics, those who were born with unique gifts and were sent to heal the collective. We will be diving in their stories and giving you a taste of their medicine and providing you with the tools to assist you on your healing journey. We are here to hold your hand through the dark and to remind you that choosing the light
1: is your choice. We're so happy that you are joining us. Before we dive in, be sure to check out the links in the description. We love hearing from you. So take a moment to leave a comment down below. If you guys enjoy listening to our podcast, feel free to give us a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and share with your loved ones who may benefit from this. With that said, let's dive in.
0: Hello, everybody. We have a really, really, really special guest on deck. How do I even introduce to her? introduce her to you because she's known to be an astrologer a really phenomenal one i follow her along for many years and has given me so much wisdom through that journey and she's also a yogini and an energy healer and a very very magical person but to me she is she has changed my life she is she was that token that i needed you know i i will never forget like as a 21 year old Young woman, very, very, very lost. Like I had in Costa Rica, I had wine in my hand, beer in my hand, and whiskey, all three in my hand. So numb. So, I wouldn't say I was numb. I was chasing numbness. But you saw me. You received me. You saw me in a way, I don't think I have had my own, you know, family had. And you saw through that veil that I was putting on, that illusion of like, You know, I am good. I am good. I am fun. I I know what I'm doing. I know what's, what's happening in life. But really, I was deeply lost with my own spirituality. And you saw me and I remember you brought me upstairs. And again, I had like three drinks in my hand and you didn't third eye activation for me. And everybody was dancing. The music was loud. And I will never, ever forget it because for the first time in a very, very long time, I felt this opening this opening up here that I had not known was possible and I would say like that was a very that was a key key pivotal moment in my life so thank you for your presence thank you for being in my life and the love that you have for me and the love that I have for you runs so so deep I love you so much anyways welcome Rachel thank you for being here (laughs)
2: Thank you for having me. I still remember that moment as well. Kind of indelible mark on the mind. And you're a very shiny person. So you were relatively easy to see amidst the group. But I do remember kind of walking upstairs above the cacophony of bodies moving, drinking, yelling, dancing. And that was actually before we all had a very underworld dark night of the soul experience. Imagine like 52 people contracting E. coli at the same time and like cue the synchronized expulsion. (laughs) It was pretty intense. But we opened our third eyes right before that in the very same room. Yeah, it was amazing. I remember that like it was literally yesterday. We did some automatic reading as well. We opened up, I think it was the Bible. We opened something up and started reading in it as well. Yeah, it really
0: was truly profound and I remember how you know so Mel I didn't tell you she is Marissa's cousin
1: oh that's awesome yeah
0: so we're working on a book together and I would not have met Marissa if it wasn't for you and it was interesting for the past decade you kept coming in my life at the most pivotal moment especially around my divorce it's like as if you knew It's as if you knew and everything you were saying was with such sternness and knowing and supported. It was like, no, this is happening. And, you know, I'm letting you know, it's not going to be easy for the next six, seven months. Like you will go through a very dark period and you are so supportive. You're going to get out of this feeling more stronger than ever. And I remember thinking like at the time, astrology was just kind of there as a background noise, Mm -hmm. but it felt so safe knowing Just being able to anticipate that it's not over. I just kicked my husband out of my house. I just experienced this. I am on the call with Rachel and things are happening really fast. And it was good to anticipate like the next six months is going to be dark and I can put my armor on or drop it or whatever that I need to do to prepare for that phase. And then there is going to be light at the end of the tunnel, which the way you said it was like, okay, that means I can go through this. There's an end to this so you have always been present in this in this way and i want to share a really interesting thing that happened right before this call i was in a shamanic journey and i it was interesting that uh, the audio kept cutting off from the the facilitator who was guiding that journey so at some point she said you know you know, There's a golden door, it opens up and you, you step outside of it but her voice cut off so when I opened the door there was just white and I fell and I fell mm-hmm. and I fell and I tumbled down and I fell actually on a bed of sand surrounded by trees and I saw you in all black mm-hmm. and it was so powerful I felt this like safety like oh I'm not here alone and then when we started walking you turn into a jaguar
2: mm-hmm.
0: So that was your presence in this journey, you know, and I've had, I've worked with the spirit of Jaguar and it's like, yeah, like Rachel's relationship with me is very much this like spiritual leader, this somebody that I not only deeply love, it's like, I've known you for many, many lifetimes. Like I, there was this familiarity with you that I had never known with anybody. It was like, this is family. This is family. So it's been really interesting to see how our relationship has unfolded throughout this lifetime.
2: Rem, did you know that I wear only black now, nowadays that I have transitioned into, I have no other colors in my wardrobe. When we met, this wasn't the case.
0: Who tell, how come, how interesting.
2: I have been worshiping Saturn a little bit. And I say worshiping, that is uh, for people who are offended by that word. I have been showing devotion to the mm-hmm. planet of Saturn since the beginning of my Saturn return. Which was perfect or exact just after we met. And without even discussing it, both myself and then my younger sister all transitioned to wearing only black. And Saturn's colors are black and gray. And this was something I was aware of, but the desire to do so was almost a counter to my own, and you have the same Leo rising. I want to be shiny, but I want to be shiny for reasons other than what I look like and what I wear and my mask, and so uh, especially leading meditations and leading sound baths, I find it to be excellent to not call attention to the person, right, to the animal suit, but rather to take yourself and put yourself more into the background and hold space Mm. for others' experience. And so in your vision, there's some very unique truth there. I have only been wearing black and I did not think I had revealed this to you or we hadn't spoken about this.
0: Oh, interesting. And you have that jaguar spirit too. And I love the devotion to the Saturn because what does, what does Saturn represent in astrology?
2: So everything that everyone knows about the planets in the physical, you can truly overlay that on top of the metaphysical. They are one and the same. So Saturn, as we know, is the planet just after Jupiter. It's the last visible planet um and it is bound by icy rings actually made of material that come off of itself and that speaks to its metaphysical meaning very deeply as well saturn is the sculptor it's where we are restricted where we are challenged and where we are then made more perfect by all those experiences which chip away at the exterior and saturn is is about our boundaries. Its two signs are Capricorn and Aquarius, but Saturn itself governs social structure. And social structure, like our agreements and accords that we make that form a society, they're inherently restrictive, because there would be expansion, total freedom and anarchy if we did not have these covenants between ourselves, and we you know, would form these accords and these laws by which we're all, all bound. And all of that speaks to the meaning of Saturn it is the structures that we create Capricorn in which we can hold ourselves and protect ourselves and then it's also the agreements that we form in order to unify as a society or as humankind that's Aquarius
0: I mean so I'd love to talk about the Saturn return and you just mentioned you were going through your Saturn return when we first met which was really interesting. And I'm going through mine now. And I don't think I've hit the peak yet because I've been maybe a little bit more spoiled. It's been quite okay. It's been cathartic and it has been hard, but the knowledge of astrology has helped me to move through it with grace and face the shadows and the pain and the grief and the evolution that's coming through with a lot of ease. And I realized that a lot of people in my personal community are going through their Saturn return all my friends who I went to college with kids that I grew up with and they are feeling lost in the sauce as they're going through really really like big shifts that they didn't even know were coming their ways so I would love to dive into Saturn returns and they happen several times in our lives right
2: yes Saturn is the last visible planet and it's the last planet in traditional Hellenistic astrology which I practice Before we created the technology that enabled us to see past the visible with the naked eye, right? Saturn was the furthest out planet that astrologers and astronomers could really look at and work with. But Saturn, it takes about 30 years, approximately 30 years to go around the sun. So its orbital period is just around, you know, when you're born, whatever that sign that Saturn is in will be between 28 and 30 years for it to come back around into the same sign and it is truly the the furthest out planet whose cycles we can observe multiple times in the life like you said which is why it's more applicable to each person and why i encourage everyone strongly to pay attention to the movement of saturn in their chart where saturn is it matures and it strengthens each place in which it enters but it also removes illusion. It totally creates burden and challenge in order to realize the ultimate strength. And when Saturn returns to the place where it was when we were born, we see that in astrology as truly coming to adulthood. Like you've been in an adult avatar, right? Probably since the age of 1820. But there is this um, experience of agency, responsibility, duty that you that you undergo, duty to yourself and to those whom you care about, right? As we become adults, we then form our own families outside of our families of origin, potentially, and we become the adult in the room. The second time it happens, that's when we transition from adulthood to being sort of an elder or someone who is more mature, around 60 years old, That person has seen Saturn go around their entire chart and learned their lessons in every area of life, multiple times. And so they have that wisdom that we get when we trade our innocence for that experience. If we are lucky, we get a third pass, right? When we're about 90 years old. And that is the transition from that elder to somebody who is soon to be united with a creator, somebody who is almost transcended the human form. And the planet beyond Saturn, Uranus, takes 84 years to go around the zodiac. So we don't get to see really more than one pass of Uranus on any given place. But that's why Saturn gives us information. And it really, it, it. Uh, so Chronos is the name of Saturn, the, the Titan name of Saturn in Greek mythology. And Kronos, that's where the word time comes from, right? Chronological, all that kind of. That prefix. Um, but Saturn, it keeps time. It keeps the ultimate time in, in human life. And there is a time for youth. There is a time for maturity. There is a time for everything. And it helps us keep our schedule. So the Saturn return, the first one is super exciting and interesting to me. Because Saturn in the chart natally dictates what we are really here to concretize to devote to saturn actually exalts and exaltation means it does its best work in um, and and all the planets do their best work in traditionally signs that are not their rulership like you don't do your best work at home right even if we want to there's always an animal or there's a person or there's something going on that pulls the attention but if we're in our favorite place you know in our best spot uh, maybe it's a place like a a family home or a vacation spot where somebody is there to help us and to assist us like that is saturn in libra and libra is venus's sign of justice of aesthetic of balance of harmony and saturn at its core creates for us that harmony but through the pursuit of balance through the understanding of what it means to be measured and we can only do that through devotion devotion is a venus and Saturn thing, it's practice over time. It is giving time, giving attention, giving life force energy to something for an extended period of time. So the first Saturn return, it really takes you to the place where you're supposed to do that in your life, where you're supposed to offer that devotion, spend that time, do that practice. So I would encourage everyone to look up their chart and see where Saturn might fall so they can understand the area of life that is going to require that devotion. Now the sign in which Saturn is in, in your chart, and for everybody going through their Saturn re- return right now, um, Saturn is in Pisces, which is the last sign in the Zodiac ruled by Jupiter. It is a very flexible and watery place. So I would imagine those going through their Saturn returns are having to navigate spiritual maturity. Now they're having to um, release uh, any form of artificial or superficial emotional experience and dive really deep into those waters what does it mean to be responsible with within a society what does it mean to be emotionally mature and what is spiritual maturity you know a lot of us experience especially in this western materialist society spiritual materialism and Saturn in Pisces is here to cast that all off so i think there's a lot of the elder gen z people that those people straddling millennials and gen z where they don't really fit in one category they don't really fit in the other but they are um, at this point setting trends i mean you guys are the people who are just coming to positions of leadership and in pisces saturn really requires devotion within a flexible structure Mm. so it's not like you can plan everything with saturn and pisces you have to go with the flow But also you have to be able to feel the entire spectrum of emotions. And that can be burdensome to have to feel and know all of that. So my hat is off to you and to all people who are going through that at this moment. Saturn in Pisces in your chart is in your eighth house. And that is a very intense place to have Saturn. It refers to all that you accomplish or all that you experience with other people. The eighth house is where we put shared experiences, shared resources, investments, and also where we put all the very deeply human experiences like birth or death or marriage. Intimacy of any kind is there in the eighth house. So I'm sure that you're having to navigate what that looks like for you. Where are loving boundaries? How do you serve the best, right? By being able to be your most expansive self, how do you hold that container?
1: I wanted to just ask a question um, for those that you had mentioned, you know, people looking up their chart, where do people go to like, look up their chart? If this is new to them, where do they go to check this out?
2: There are many options. One of my favorites, if we don't want to download an app is called cafeastrology.com. They give you like 40 pages of additional PDF sort of breakdown or interpretation for free of all of the meanings of everything within your chart. I use the whole sign house system. So traditional Hellenistic astrology, it's the oldest form and we use whole sign house for those who are not familiar with astrology. They'll be like, what does that even mean? How do we get the 3D reality onto a 2D chart? And and there are different ways of doing that. This is the oldest. If they'd like to download an app and kind of follow along and maybe get more daily guidance on that sort of a thing, I really recommend the Chani app. Chani Nicholas is a wonderful LA-based astrologer who made an amazing app. Um, There's also Time Passages, which is wonderful and free, has great chart breakdowns. And then if you're somebody who likes a little bit more of a, mm, like, uh, mysterious or sort of emotional, more spiritual interpretation, I think CoStar, the app CoStar is wonderful as well.
0: Awesome. Thank i've, you for I've sure. also been using the pattern i don't know i
2: almost you. mentioned it but i don't have enough familiarity with it and so i, yeah. I didn't but a lot of my friends use the pattern
0: i really enjoyed uh, pattern and it's interesting like again going back to the costa rica trips like totally like last minute booked, should not be there i should have been preparing my thesis for my graduation and I did not have the money to even be there. But I was like, I'm just gonna show up. I don't know why I feel called. And a lot of the people I met that one week there played a huge role during my Saturn return. And I told you even Mia that I met there. She's like, like my mirror, like we are best friends. And she's gonna come visit me and she's pregnant. You know. I know, I'm so excited. she's pregnant and i'm going to do like a baby ceremony for her and it feels like Mm -hmm. such an honor i didn't it's interesting we're talking about you know stepping into adulthood and that's what i was experiencing last night and we're also in full moon in leo for those who don't know um, it is january 25th the day of filming um like really stepping in from maiden to mother i didn't even know i was Mm. in the maiden archetype you know i didn't know i was just like very much the child experiencing making sense of it really was the last decade has been making sense of my childhood so i couldn't really step anywhere else so i've been just spending so much of my time pulling stuff out and creating space in my field to step into who i meant to and i i was doing it unconsciously right so i didn't know about astrology i didn't know about saturn return everything was just leading up to april 23rd last year 2023 and things got so different so fast for me i got out of the military which was a huge identity for me for such a long time and i'm realizing a lot of my friends are also questioning like i feel stagnant in my career like this does not feel right so a lot of people are experiencing that and then relationship went through my divorce and finally got my paperwork done right at that time and got that in the mail and that felt like this huge like release and sadness at the same time there was a lot of grief surrounding the divorce too no matter how much I longed for it to be over with it was there was so much grief around it you know and then right after that I met I I met this incredible man that I moved in with and I was like I'm gonna leave you and go do this podcast thing in Utah and it ripped me to pieces to being away Mm. from him because I was voicing that I want to be devoted and committed but i actually always lacked it in love i always lacked commitment i always lacked showing up fully and being grounded because i was always this like life has to be adventurous and it has to be fun and it has to be creative but not realizing what does motherhood require yeah. what does stepping into a relationship and really building something require and then when i look back in my even previous marriage it's like yeah there was this like on both end was like please save me save me codependent We are relying on each other for each other's survival. It was extremely painful. And then when the physical abuse came, it just, it wasn't physically painful more than spiritually, like, oh my God, it's like being zapped out of your reality, you know, and then moving to Utah, experiencing Utah land is very, very visceral and very different than being in Virginia, which I am surrounded by battlefields. You know the river Mm. that's five minute walk from me is oftentimes when i walk to it i i feel like i'm seeing blood coursing through it because it was so much blood has shed on that river you know so there was a lot of big changes happening and then the burning man happened which was (laughs) where i got to learn to be a sovereign being as a spiritual leader because i didn't know how open i was and i took in so much of other people's stuff and i don't know if you've been to burning man right so there's this giant burn and there's so much being released. And I was like, for the first time I realized that, you know, I, I've i been attracting a lot of darkness and I have this axis, but I realized I am fascinated by it. I want to see it. I want to experience it. And i sitting there watching this, the biggest burn of my entire life. Like I've never seen something like this. I open myself up purposely saying, Ooh. I want to experience this darkness. I want to know it intimately. And I went through a very dark period of my time for a month while I was actually in Utah where I was extremely suicidal, extremely depressed and like shedding through all the energies that were not mine because I let a lot in. And there was this fascination to the darkness. And then in October, I did this trip where I just married nature, just spend their time in, in you know, Pacific Northwest for 30 days. And it was it changed me. I mean, completely changed me. I really, it was a very dark period where there was all the hope in the world. There was so much direct communication. And then I got to become really close with my partner's children. And that's where my motherhood wound start to, uh, my relation with my mother start to heal because I realized that I don't have to heal this relationship with her directly. I can start it with my partner's children. Because they are my mirror. They're showing aspects of myself in them. And just pouring love into them has been extremely healing and step helping me step into, yeah, the mother archetype, which is so powerful. Gosh, I, I am so honored to experience this as I am. And even though they're not even my children, just experiencing the love.
2: Rim, you could not have summarized the essence of Saturn and Pisces <laughs> and the eighth better than you just did because the eighth house is where we put everything that you're talking about being open to all forms of connected experience with another and that is the darkness that is also the extreme joy that is the birth and death and and sort of relation process of intimacy which is motherhood which is being a child which is also healing the eighth house is where we put all the healing that we do with others. So, I mean, amazing and very succinct summary of sort of the major archetypes and qualities within that placement. And I have to confess, I truly did not get a chance to go to Burning Man until I was going through my Saturn return. And that version of me did not want to go for the exact reason that you're talking about. I was offered to go and I just, I felt as if there would be too much noise too much emotion, too much, like I would soak it all up. I don't have Saturn in Pisces, but I have my moon and Mars and Pisces in the eighth house. And so I, I experience some of the same sorts of things, or I have some of the same sorts of um, issues that you describe. And so whether it be divorce or raising other person's children, which arguably is one of the most selfless forms of devotion, it's platonic love right but it's it's unconditional platonic love for another's children and that's kind of very exalted venus exalts in pisces so i find that very beautiful and interesting that when we can incorporate all of those disparate sensations and emotions and just love like in a very unified way and love not just you know the children or the partner's children but truly to realize that loving is doing to the benefit of all beings so what's really actually out of your highest good and to your highest good, this is a very Pisces thing, is what is to everyone's highest good. We just often can't see what is actually our highest good or we we have illusions around what that might be.
0: Incredible. I also, I wonder, Melinda, cause we can reflect back on your journey because you went through your Saturn return when you were trying to have Gavin, your first stepborn. born. And that was a huge journey for you.
1: Yeah. And I have to admit too, I am not big into astrology. I haven't studied a lot of this stuff. So I'm going to come from the newbie perspective, which will work great for all the other newbies out there. So if I just sit back and listen, and if I have a question, I'll ask a question, but I just kind of do the life thing. I just kind of wake up and just, if things not working, I go sit with it and look at it. But I, haven't put all the time into connecting all these other things together. So this will be fun to like learn more about it and hear about it. But yeah, it's fun learning about all of this. There's just so much beautiful things in this world and different ways to connect with ourselves and to heal ourselves and to process things and to learn about ourselves. So it's really cool.
2: I want to add in there as well, that astrology for every single newbie, the 12 hours on your clock, those are based upon the 12 houses in astrology and the 12 signs in astrology. And the signs are 12 because the sun in our sky, it doesn't move, we move around it, but it appears to move through a band of 12 signs throughout the year. And these are the ones that are the zodiac. You know, there are many stars in the sky, but this is how they became. And astrology is a super advanced form of timekeeping. Like we keep the solar day, We keep mostly the lunar month. We keep the solar year. Imagine if you kept time with the other planets and then overlaid their archetypes upon things. That's really what we're doing. So it's not, uh, it is more of the basis of our lived experience than we even realize.
0: Yes, I think a lot of people, and this is, you know, across the board that I hear, people don't want to believe in astrology, but it is like the oldest one of the oldest ancient wisdom that we use to make sense of our reality.
2: And it's how we learned how to circumnavigate the globe. I mean, Correct. we looked up, right, to notice the constellations, and that's how we can navigate um, as as above, so below. So it also works to navigate the internal waters, not just the external. We can see astrology and its power in a lot of different and natural phenomena like everybody knows that the tidal patterns of the earth are based upon the movements of the moon and its gravity field. This is all a matter of gravity and cycles. And so in the same way, we can physically see that with our eyes. The moon also gives us the full moon. And I think every teacher, every person who's worked in a hospital, everybody who has kids can tell you that the full moon has a much higher energy. And that's a literal thing. It's not I want everyone to know it's not metaphorical or it's not metaphysical. Literally, there is more light reflected off of the face of the moon when it opposes the sun. And thus, there is more energy around throughout the day for things to happen. It's it's not uh, anything else besides the, the true and the physical. This is said as a, I'm a Taurus with a Mercury in Taurus. So I like to make things simple and concrete and easily digestible.
0: We have a pretty similar chart, do we?
2: We do. We do.
0: Uh, I'm also Taurus in the Mercury in Taurus. And yesterday mm-hmm. I had somebody reach out to me. They people who have listened to my the inner child meditation on my website, they're like that that was the easiest, like they struggle with imagination. They're like that you put it so simply and so effectively. And I'm like, huh, I guess I'm getting better at communicating more simple and effective, even though the experience itself is very, very, very complex. Um, the way that I make sense of the world around me. Um, But I have found truly astrology has shifted my life because it validates as somebody who is highly sensitive and malice too, like just being able to know what is happening, one internally in my own, phase different phase of my moon cycle that i'm going through so i'm ovulating right now and and becoming aware of what is going to do that for me internally and then seeing what is happening externally so the new moon in leo like absolutely big effect on me i mean last night i lit and i would love to know your experience because you brought it up that you had a lot happen Mm -hmm. last night i don't know why but i felt called to buy a red candle Mm -hmm. and i went out to the town i bought a red candle And I took 0.1 grams of mushrooms and 0.1 is nothing. And I went deep, so deep. Mm. And I was like, oh God. And I'm like texting you and I'm like, I really shouldn't be doing this when I'm on (laughs) mushrooms. And I meditated for five hours straight and Mm. watching this candle burn. I did not fall asleep until that ember, that very last ember dissipated. And it was Mm. so powerful one to feel that ember like that tiny ember is so hot i was so shocked to put my hand over it i'm like how have i never experienced this it is so powerful so um yeah it was just so powerful i was really shocked by the power of this tiny ember and in that five-hour journey i started backwards i started with how i made sense of my sexual reality as an adult and then I went backward into um, my teenage. What was the reality of my sexuality back then, and how it was being influenced by religion and culture and and the American culture as well, because it's so I come from a very closed off culture where like, God forbid you touch yourself, you're being you're gonna get burned in hell. But in America, it's more of it's so open to the point where it's like everybody's out and just doing it and not realizing how <clears throat> secret this is, right? And so what what did that do to that teenager, the young woman who had just moved to the country? And then I had to get back into the year that I was sexually assaulted and abused by several men and like changing that reality. So I went through many different phases last night and holding myself, dancing, touching myself and just experiencing my sexual progression throughout life and how I can change it to bring more pleasure into my life with personal sovereignty and not the influence of the external world. And in the end, I knew I had to work backwards because I was not ready to see the infant. And when I got to the infant, that's where I really stepped into the maiden into motherhood. I felt for the first mm. time I could hold her and I felt her head and her sweet chubby cheeks. And I felt my own self trans- transform into um I've my my partner's daughter and I held her and then I actually imagined you Melinda I saw your child cell with your big eyes and I just held her you know and I just held many different my friends and their version their younger version of themselves and towards the end it was my mother and I just held her as a young infant you know Mm. and it felt so I felt like a grandmother when I was holding every single one of them (laughs) just in this one corner, I'm just sitting there by my singing bowl and I'm just watching this fire burn as I am just transitioning. It really felt like there was this veil and I like travel through it to step into something bigger than myself. There was no more selfishness needed. There was no more, I need to travel. I need to do this, 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 this to make sense of me. It was like time to give time to hold others, time to provide the love that you've given yourself so beautifully. And I got to honor that journey that i walked on too, right? Like loving yourself is, is a path.
2: You could not be describing Saturn and Pisces in the eighth better than you did. I'm telling you everything that you're saying. If I were reading a chart, like these are things that I would expect. Journeys and deeply resolving emotional things, understanding personhood, sovereignty, sovereignty also implies boundaries that are loving right we cannot be everything to everyone it's just even though that's idealistic and wonderful it's just not not true in this embodied reality and i love it too this full moon in leo so everyone who has any leo placements in their chart this is the first time that we're having a lunation in leo since pluto the last planet planet maybe who knows pluto is about as as um, well understood as we understand it to be a planet, a dwarf planet, an asteroid. We don't even know what it is. The unknown is Pluto's territory. Most specifically, the way that power is is and is moved, right? So power dynamics are relatively nebulous. Like, why does somebody become the king? And why is one king overthrown? Truly, these things are hard to grasp or understand. That's Pluto. But Pluto takes almost. 300 years it takes 284 years to move around the zodiac and so most Pluto transits are not witnessed by most people and it's very deeply felt whenever it changes signs or it moves into a new space and so this particular lunation is the first one first one period but the first one in Leo um, since Pluto moved into Aquarius which is the sign opposite to or just across the zodiac from Leo and an opposition is a 180 degree angle, right? It, it's two points that form a line. And that is an angle of the nature of Saturn. It implies dualism, tension between opposites. Um, it is, I think something that a lot of people deeply felt because Rim, I will tell you, you were not the only person that texted me yesterday while on mushrooms. I'm kidding, I'm serious. A lot of my, my most lovely girlfriends, they were, especially my Aquarius, my Taurus, my fixed sign ladies there were like three or four people that were texting me being like hey i'm on mushrooms right now i love you so much i'll get back to you <laughs> like in a second i shouldn't be texting you right now <laughs> and i was just laughing uh, i personally have my north node which is the pole of the pole of fate the cosmic uh, magnet in aquarius which is my own seventh house of relationships and pluto itself it's about power it's about the unknown but it's also about the cycles of rebirth, right? We don't, we don't really know where souls are. We don't know truly factually where they are before we come earth side, before we're incarnate. And nobody really knows what happens to them afterwards, right? But we do know that, that these, this soul matter is and is real. And so when Pluto changes signs, it also transforms and begins to like alchemize that area. And what is more alchemical than mycelium, than mushrooms, than these literal composters of the earth that rebirth, re-network, rewire, not just the earth, but like us, We we are also earth, right? We have embodied flesh. And so when we ingest them, we literally go through that alchemical process and we release what doesn't serve and those connections that need to be made are made. All that is to say that there was something in the air yesterday. You were not the only person. And I was so here for it. I was a little bit like, wow, I love all these people journeying. And part of me wishes I could be with everybody journeying, but I know I can't be all things to all people. One thing you have to learn with a North Node in your seventh house, even though there's a desire and a compulsion to want to be a part of everyone's experience and to be with and to serve everyone. That's just not a possibility. So I love that. That's perfect.
0: (laughs) Wow. I actually, I don't even sit with mushrooms. So it was like super shocking. I took this tiny bit. I'm like, "Eh, it's fine. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I feel called to do it. So that's really funny that I was not the only one and you... And I, I also had my phone turned off. So it was funny that I even responded to you. So I had it on <laughs> Do Not Disturb and I saw you. I'm like, let me check the calendar. And I'm like, I don't know how to convert this. My brain cannot. My brain is mushy right now, even though I'm on like 0.1 gram. Come on. I am so dang sensitive to this. Um, I would love to talk about North Node, though, that you brought up. My North Node mm-hmm. is in Scorpio. Um, mm. I'm trying to remember what mouse is. I used to remember her chart now it's just like melting away slowly Squishy um,
2: brain. <laughs> yeah.
0: but uh but they are i what i learned about Saturn return is that those they the north node is a huge key it's almost like you're stepping out of what you've known yourself to be so my south mm-hmm. node is Taurus and my actual sun is in Taurus and and you're stepping into who you're meant to be which is the north node and i would love to know if you can verify that i don't even know if it's actually true
2: you you are absolutely correct. And, and for those who want a bit more of a literal and physical explanation, the nodes of the moon are theoretical points. They are the places where the moon's actual orbit and the sun's apparent path cross. And the idea here, and it crosses at two points, right? At two different angles when the moon is, is circling around. But we get the north node on one side, the south node on the other side. And it's where the light is moving, the threads of light, the sun and the moon, are the light here on Earth. And light is information as well as energy. So it gives us the storyline for lack of a better term or, or explanation. The north node is that which all things are moving towards, almost like we think of a north star or we think of, you know, true north, right? So how things are moving, where where things are evolving into. And the south node is what. Has passed, what is mastered, what is excreted. If you think about the Ouroboros, right? There's a there's a head, there's a mouth, there's a hunger, and then there's a tail. There's where we excrete, where we shed the skin, and and so the North Node is exactly what you're speaking about. It's what we are moving into, and what our soul is here to master, to accomplish, and to evolve into. The South Node implies a sort of a, if you believe in past lives, that that's something that you think about or or that you subscribe to, that which the soul has already mastered in previous lifetimes, sort of the the mastery that we're coming from. But also throughout the life, it refers to our past, where the North Node speaks to our future. So the South Node stuff, when we're first here, and I mean, I can confirm this for you, South Node in the 10th house in Taurus, where your Mercury and where your Sun are, You're already shiny. You have no problem being seen. You have no problem accomplishing things, being the best, serving the public, right? Like your whole whole being, right? You, You are already and have already been those things. The North Node in Scorpio in the fourth is the opposite of public. It's being pulled into a deep and private and spiritual space. The fourth house is the duad to or the dichotomy of the 10th, 10th is career, public roles, responsibilities, and reputation. And the fourth is home, family, ancestry, deep self, and deep roots. So all that which is the most private, the most personal is Scorpio in the in the fourth house. And I say it is Scorpio because Scorpio is the eighth sign in the Zodiac. It's a fixed water sign ruled by Mars. But fixed water... Um, Think about like an iceberg, right? That is water that doesn't move; it's stuck, that's fixed to a point. And think about the depth to which icebergs go to—that the surface doesn't belie. Scorpio it rules our genitals and it rules our excretory system. So I love that it rules both generation and then also excretion, or just like it's—it's it's about that which we're creating and that which we're letting go. So having the North Node there is about truly taking that inner journey like the idea of an inner journey is the north node in scorpio in the fourth (laughs) and i love that that is literally and precisely what you were doing when we spoke yesterday
0: yeah that's actually what's been happening since last april like i Don't feel, even this year, um, I had friends reach out about traveling and I'm like, I don't want to travel. All I want to do is travel within. I spend a lot of my time in this gorgeous space that I have created. And I feel a lot of gratitude to my partner for being the first ever anchor that I've ever experienced where there's so much physical, tangible support Mm. in a way that I've never received before. And it's such a gift to me because I don't have to worry about money or being fed or being at home. And I can take Mm -hmm. that journey and he'll, he'll knows when I go on my journey, he'll give me all the space. Like, yes, go do, go do your meditation, go do this thing, go do what you need to do to be who you are. And this level of support, is like brings tears to my eyes. Like I've never, ever known it, never known it, never known the masculine, just this holding, it's like he's holding that container for me. So that I can go internal because it was a lot about success and making sure that I'm stable and making sure that I'm seen and and I have, you know, career and money and all this so I can support myself. I was so much focused on supporting myself because I had never known it my entire life that now it's like the depth that I'm experiencing is only Mm. possible because I have that divine masculine support to do it. You know, like even the having... He owns this home and he doesn't have a room for his own self, but he gave me a room to just mm. do me, to just, this is your container. This is your womb. This is your cave. Like you get to go here, whatever. And if, if I ever have to cry, like this is my place that I'm coming into. This is where I do my rich practice. And so every time my friends ask me, it's like, do you want to come to Mexico with me or France? And I'm like, can I bring my room with me? You know, like I'm finally experiencing a container where I can just get quiet and go within and it has been very beneficial for not only the business and for my clients and for the podcast it's like really excavating really really excavating the depth of human experience through myself first it's as if the more i explore myself the more i can have deeper deeper levels of compassion for all beings on earth It's like, I see you, I understand. I understand why this is happening. And just by having my own inner knowing and having a very clear um, direction with my own inner compass, and that could not have been possible if I was always so focused on just making sure that I'm surviving, which is how I've lived most of my life. So I am beyond grateful to have this space, to be the iceberg, to go travel within and to... Spend all night long staring at a candle because why not?
2: <laughs> I could not have described North Node and Scorpio in the Fourth better than you just did. Summarizing your experience, you're talented at this. You're excellent at this. We should, do, should this do this more often together. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Bringing color and words to that very experience.
0: Yes, yes, and you know, it's a lot of. The, I watch your astrology update every single day like I'll wake up and it's like one of my first meditations. Like I do my meditation, I do my journal. Then I'm like, okay, what's happening in the stars? Let me get some (laughs) update.
2: Oh, I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. And it's always giving me like insight on, okay, this is why the dream realm was like this. This is why it's a lot of validation. It's so much validation. I really appreciate astrology for being able to validate somebody as sensitive as myself and many others to like, you're not crazy for feeling the way that you are. You know, I slept in today until 12 p.m. I never do that. And I woke up thinking it was 7 a.m. And I totally missed my appointments. I I was so late to my class and I was like chaotic all morning. And I still feel like I can sleep another 12 hours. And when, when you know about the full moon and what that energy does, you can honor yourself and then honor the universal truth and then move with it with grace. That is the divine feminine that is the feminine energy you just kind of surrender into what is happening and honor it and know that there is a bigger purpose to this
2: and there is also something going on besides the full moon and this is much more on a physical level and this is not something that astrologically perhaps is interpreted as often it's a newer practice but there has been a new sunspot that's opened up on the sun And it's been incredibly active, especially since the 22nd. And we've already been having these X-class and M-class solar flares. The sun is at its own peak of activity in its 12-year cycle right now. But there's been this brand new spot on the sun that has been sending flare after flare. And I have a little geomagnetic, like an app, that keeps track of the sun's activity. And this is a totally non-astrological app. It's just like me looking at like the solar weather, but it has been so active. And that is so much energy, literal solar energy. I've been getting these little notifications, radio blackout, radio blackout, like minor radio blackout, because as the sun's um, flares, as these especially mass ejections hit the, hit the earth, they can interrupt signals, right? Because they're so high frequency, so energetic, but we are being pelted with a bunch of solar radiation right now that is flooding the earth with more literal energy so in terms of things being a little confused or a little hyperactive or like just totally different and faster that is very very much in line with the solar cycle at this time and leo where the moon is full right now leo is the sun's own sign so there is a very true height of solar and lunar activity right now which is probably part of the I don't know, a little bit of a confusing process. And I think too, for every person who's going through their Saturn return, so if you're watching this and you're about Rim's age and you've got Saturn in Pisces, um, part of Saturn in Pisces is coming to grips with psychic and emotional metaphysical gifts. The water signs all speak to the felt and the sensed, and our senses go beyond the five, right? That we know, all of us know when like you can feel someone looking at you right? What is that? There's no reason for that other than there are senses, right? Beyond that, which we are socially uh, aware of. And I say that other societies, especially like Latin America, certain parts of you know Catholicism with, with Christian mysticism, people are very aware of, of more sort of potential feelings, realms, communications, but all of your cohort of Saturn and Pisces, Part of your historical challenges and your personal burdens are going to be these emotional psychic gifts that you have to come to grips with, that you have to um, use, right? In order to structure your own understanding of what's possible and what your purpose is. But part of that requires the devotion of like five hours of meditation, right? Like this is not a simple, easy, quick process. Oftentimes people I know with Saturn and Pisces, they struggle with all that they're able to feel and sense. And whether you call this highly sensitive personality, right? HSP, or sometimes people will have other neurodivergent diagnoses with this. It's like these people are just more sensitive and it is challenging to deal with all the emotions that are on the planet right now. It's a very high emotional and very energetic time.
0: What happened to you last night?
2: Um, well, truth be told, nothing terribly much. I started a new job on Monday and as a Leo rising and with all this going on, like very, um, very on time, very on time for my own personal chart to start a new job. But I have been for the last week waking up between three fifty and 4am mm-hmm. because my husband just has been snoring like a freight train right at that time. Oh, only that time. Not before, not after, like just right at that time. It's like a weird alarm clock and it's been the last week. So last night was the first night that I was like, you know what? I don't care. I just woke up and I was like, I'm honoring what's going on with him right now. Like this is not something that he has done in the years that we've been married. This is just like kind of a new random thing. And so I I came to complete peace and I was meditating Just like being there meditating. And then I meditated myself back to sleep, which was lovely. But it was the first time that I didn't wake up with like this irk or like this irritation of like, why can I not get a full night's sleep? And part of what I'm going through as well right now, Saturn is in my eighth house. I am also trying to have children. And it's been something that's been somewhat of a struggle for me personally. I've been trying for about three years and there's really no reason why that anyone can determine why I haven't, but I feel like my body is a wizard, right? So it's divine timing and I trust in all things, but I have been totally coming to peace with the fact that if I, if I want to truly move into that role, like I would be woken up every night at that time by an infant, you know, like, or many other times, you know, there has to be this part where you don't wake up with anger when you're interrupted, right? That, allowing things to be as they are without wishing they were some other way
0: how do you use um because you work with astrology very intimately how do you use um, astrology to not only live your life day by day but also not anticipate the things that are coming so that there is an element of surprise Mm. or are you do you consider yourself a very well prepared person moving through their life
2: You know, I think astrology is the most helpful, not for prediction. There are certain forms of astrology that are designed for prediction, Um, but I think it it helps to give context to the lived experience. And if you are looking for a transit that looks difficult coming up, you're not going to expect the most easy, awesome, best day ever. So when something pops up that challenges you or that inconveniences you, it's easier to accept that sort of acceptance piece. Astrology I do credit with saving my own life. So this is my second marriage. I was married once before and the marriage ended with him making an attempt on my life. And I was looking for a very, very difficult transit, the worst transit in all of the time that I had seen since I've been practicing astrology in my own chart. And I went through the day that day with nothing particular happening. And I was thinking, I'm looking for this gnarly, horrible like no good very bad difficult transit and so when my husband started to attack me i was prepared and i was mentally in the place where i was like all right we're hitting record this is the bad thing that was happening to you you need to gather evidence you need to get out of here you need to just survive this and like this is the thing that you've been looking at i didn't know what it was going to be but it was so much easier to act in the moment um having prepared mentally for something very difficult to happen at that time and then later on you go back and you can get some sort of deeper understanding around the factors the confluence of things that led to that very moment um but beyond even just like that context if you want to make sure something goes well as well there's a form of astrology called electional astrology where you can look at all of the days of the year and sort of pick the more auspicious ones and set yourself up for success yeah. by choosing a time that is Um, that resonates with or that's supportive of the endeavor that you're looking to accomplish. So I feel like astrology helps us to both understand what's going on and prepare for things, but then also to mm, create great uh, foundations for things that are super important to us. I don't elect very much. I don't like that. I think it's easier um, for basically astrology to describe the moment because often in the moment we're like confused about exactly what's happening or the meaning of that and so you can use the astrology to kind of deepen or add more color more understanding but when it comes to things like I don't know a marriage or when it comes to things like I didn't elect my first marriage and I totally elected my second I was like I'm not having that happen again like how did you elect your
0: second marriage
2: um I found the date that I liked And I looked at the astrology, not just like, is this an auspicious day? But is this auspicious for my chart? Mm -hmm. And so I was able to arrange things in such a way where I was very sure that no matter what the outcome of the union is, that there would be a very positive nature to it. No matter what happened, it would be deep and transformational and positive. And that was all I wanted to ensure. The last time I was getting married, I had this belief that you know, you don't want to interfere with fate. And so there's no real good sense in electing things. But I have now since changed my tune. And it can get intense if you're electing like every single thing, every call, every appointment, that is a bit too much. But things that are really fundamental in their importance to your life, it can be nice to make sure they're not going to be total shit. You know, like (laughs) that's fun. I should
0: also note, we, um, me and Mel, when we launched this podcast, I reached out to you for a good day to launch the podcast. So you were very much involved in that process. I was like, no, I'm going to make sure it's is launched on that very day. Otherwise, I'm not doing it any day before or after. So it was the day that you suggested in that month in of August.
2: I love that so much. And I mean, at least this is, this podcast has been very successful for me. So it's been... Such a positive force in my life since that time
0: That's beautiful is there anything else do you feel called to share to our community
2: um i would love to ask mel if she has any questions or if there was anything that that i said that you're like hmm. i would love some more color on that
1: yeah i think right now it's just kind of absorbing it all like i definitely want to like understand it more and get you know get more into it because the truth is my experience has been i was so disconnected from myself. For my whole life, and I trusted everyone else other than myself. I would pay everyone else the monies for like, oh, this worked for you. I would trust friends, oh, this worked for you. Oh, okay, I'll give them the money and just, just so disconnected. I didn't know if things were working or not working. Like, I had no idea what was going on. Um, So yeah, my process has just been coming back to me, and so now it's like getting this, just really, yeah. Like I just feel like I've been really just grounded and. I'm very rooted and it's just kind of, as things come up, it's just processing as things are coming up. So I haven't connected things with bigger picture to like, be aware of what's coming up. Like even my monthly cycle. And the truth is with that, I had never been regular my entire life ever. Mm -hmm. So it took us eight years to get pregnant with our boy, which was really difficult thing to go, go through, um, that infertility stuff. And yeah, so So I'm just working my way to this. So this is kind of the next thing is just like, all right, let's start getting like bigger, bigger picture and seeing how things are all connected. So I'm just kind of at the beginning of it, you know? So right now, I don't know if I have many questions. I don't have an, (laughs) it's just kind of absorbing it right now. Yeah. My birthday is February 19th. We're going to be on a cruise. So that's going to be fun. Mm
2: -hmm. Wonderful. It's going to be a very active uh, first couple of months. So you, you are having a birthday before we get into eclipse season meaning that things shouldn't be quite as chaotic for you over the next year <laughs> as some other people who have birthdays in March and April. But I think that the only thing that I want to share with listeners is that if they are interested in knowing more about astrology, specifically maybe understanding the signs, understanding the um, the nature of the planets, those sorts of things, I really encourage everyone to, with, with the permission, get their family members especially like deep intimate relationships so you know maybe your spouse or your siblings or your parents or best friends whatever get their chart and follow their chart because often with our own personal charts we can be a little bit attached to the meanings and we can be a little bit like the things we don't see about ourselves obviously we don't see and so it can be harder to understand the chart when you're following though a loved one's chart and you're seeing like oh that's what's going on for them things become much more clear. And the, the way that I've used astrology, so I used to uh, also offer astrological consulting to corporations in order to make teams work together better to kind of better understand people's gifts in the workplace and how to best utilize all of the employees as resources. One of the best things to, to, to check out is like, what is somebody's Mars sign? What their Mars sign is, is how they get things done how they act, move, and do. So it can be much easier to understand somebody's actions when you're like, oh, that's just their MO. Like they are, I have a Mars in Pisces. Pisces is very flexible, very fluid, very intuitive, a little bit sort of psychic or emotional. And my parents both have these Marses that are in like Capricorn, right? Which is Saturn's sign. And it's like moving from A to B, most practical, most pragmatic, most traditional way of doing things. Mars also exalts in Capricorn. But growing up, I was like, why am I this way? Why can't I get things done like my parents? Why can't I just head straight ahead? And then you realize like, oh, that's not how I work. I'm not wrong for being this way. I am just now accepting who I am and I can use those gifts just to kind of use an example there. So my sister um, was was going to rehab uh, several years ago. And she had already been shipped off to the rehab, but we were packing all of her things. My family and I were packing all of her things to send to her. Everybody's emotional. Everybody's you know, not thinking particularly clearly. My mother was going through a checklist, putting everything in the bag, making sure this, that, the other was found. And she's gotten really into astrology since I have. So she turns to me knowing my own Mars sign. And she's like, hey, Rachel, just close your eyes and walk around. Just see if there's something that you need that you find or whatever. So I'm like dowsing rod myself trying to find something that my sister needs. And I come upon this random basket full of Sudoku puzzles. And my little sister is a puzzle addict. And so I had like this big, several different books of these completely unused Sudoku puzzles. And that was my contribution to the effort, if that makes sense. So knowing how you work, it can help people to understand how to, you know, best, best work together.
0: Wow, I love that. That is such a key thing. It's so cool that they were investing in using astrology to make better teams. That is incredible.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Lululemon. They were awesome. They used to have me in a lot to do their in-store team in the Dallas store.
0: Oh, very cool. Okay. Um, how can people reach out to you? I know that you have a gift to offer to our viewers if you want to share that and just all your information so people can reach out to you. And I do, do want to add, I will be doing a reading with me and my partner, our charge together. Um, So I'm really excited to do that session with you. And that's something that a lot of us can do with, with Rachel is that you can do a couple reading.
2: Any way in which you think you could use astrology, I'm sure we could work together and use astrology. Any money out there? But you can find me across all platforms. So I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok at Rachel Ruth Tate. My website is rachelruthtate.com. And you can book with me using code HERSTORY. So just one word, HERSTORY. And that gets you 24% off of services for 2024. So any service that I offer there, I have readings ranging. My mini readings are 15 minutes you have a high level question you don't really want to have like a whole birth chart reading you're just like yo i need to know if this day for my marriage is right i can help you out with that real quick up to i do uh, astrological coaching and counseling i have some clients that see me every week several times a week so however we can work together you can find me at rachel ruth tate and i would love to meet any listeners of this podcast because i'm sure they're just wonderful human beings like you both are And like attracts like, so I'm sure this will be just a magical group of humans to get to know. That's perfect.
1: And we'll put all of that in the show notes. So people have to spell it properly and all of that. And we want to ask you, um, the end of every episode, we just want to ask, what is it that you're creating? What's your big, I guess, dream or vision in this world? If you had it all your way, what would you want to create and, or what are you creating and what support would you need to turn that dream
2: into a reality? Mm. What am I creating? I feel like I'm creating a more more whole and complete world within each and every person and the world at large. I know that's kind of broad, but I really wish to serve in all the capacities in which I am here to serve. I believe that purpose is ever unfolding for everybody. And that the more that we can unify within ourselves and unify with others, the more that we can truly break down barriers and that we can come together into the evolution, I think, of what people are going to be. And that is not just one, but many who are one. And any way in which I can do that, I am here to do it. In terms of support, whether people want to read with me and then just... Um, understand themselves better and be able to connect even more within themselves and and without, or if they want to come physically visit me, I am the sales and marketing director for Hotel Herringbone here in Waco. And I'm here to, to build a Waco community as well. I don't want to sound as if I'm here to do that alone. I'm absolutely here to do that with each and every person with whom I meet. I love that. Thank
1: you so much for being here, Rachel. It was so fun just hearing about all this and just sponging it all in. And (laughs) I'm excited to learn more about it and connect with you and stay connected with you.
2: Thank you so much, Melinda. Thank you, Rimsha. You guys are the absolute best. It was such an honor to be here.
1: Thank you for listening to the Melon Rimsha Her Story Podcast. If you found value in our life experiences and shares, then please like, subscribe, and share this with your loved ones who may also benefit. Follow us on the socials at Melon Rimsha. From our heart to yours with love and gratitude. We will see you on the next episode.